expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer everybody welcome back to yet another episode of oh shoot i am your host cassidy lynn and this is a fun bonus episode i released my photography education like how i became a photography educator podcast episode earlier this week and it was about 30 minutes long and i just thought to myself like i just i can't leave you guys hanging like that like I need to give you guys a little bit more content this week. You know, I I want to give you just a little bit more. So that's why I'm making this bonus episode today. Um, yeah, it's, it's literally just for fun. Um, obviously, we have some good things that we're going to talk about today. But yeah, it's a bonus episode. And I really haven't done this before. I... I was doing two podcast episodes every week at the beginning of me starting this podcast just for like the sake of getting content out there and like building the podcast. But then as I was creating content and like recording episodes, I just realized that it's a little much to do two episodes per week, especially when each episode is like so long and filled with so much info. It's kind of like hard to do that much. So Here we are doing a bonus episode because I do think every once in a while you guys deserve a bonus episode. So here it is. I am recording this in the middle of Jackson, Wyoming. And if you are listening for one of the first times, that's not where I'm from. I am from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we're on a cross-country road trip right now. Um, We're wrapping up our road trip, basically. And it's been really fun. I feel like I need to do like an episode with Charlie to kind of just like talk about everything that we did because we did a lot, but yeah, we're in the middle of Jackson, Wyoming. We saw the Grand Tetons yesterday and today. It's just really, really pretty. And honestly, like if you haven't been here, you definitely should check it out. Like, yeah, it's just, I I feel like a lot of people don't come here. Maybe people do. I just don't know the right people that come here. But yeah, it's a really beautiful spot. So that's kind of where I'm at right now recording this podcast. Um, I've been doing a lot of really fun shoots on this road trip. So I was able to find people to model for me in almost all of the national parks that we've been to, which has been amazing because I've been wanting to build up my travel portfolio for so long. And now I'm actually able to do it. And I've edited some of the photos already. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just so fun. You know, those sessions where you're just like beyond excited to edit the photos. Like after you take them, you're just like, this is it. Like I want to go edit these right now. That's how I feel after every single one of these sessions I've been doing. So it's just a really cool experience. And obviously like I still do normal weddings and normal couple sessions in Michigan, but I just like, 
I don't know. I just wanted to try something new and do some travel sessions. So yeah, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you can go check out my Instagram and I've posted a few of the photos. Um, I've posted the photos from Horseshoe Bend and the photos from Yosemite. Um, you guys, Horseshoe Bend is amazing. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. And I think I kind of say that for every single place that I visit, but truly it's just amazing. And it's so accessible. Like you don't need a permit to shoot there. It's just like right there. Like it's literally a five minute walk to this beautiful location. So, um, if you are interested in getting some like desert vibe photos, definitely check out Horseshoe Bend. It's in Page, Arizona. I think, or Page, Utah. Mm, I'm not quite sure. It's one of those two places. Um, And if you want to fly me to Horseshoe Bend, I am there in heartbeat. Okay. So I think that's basically all that I wanted to update you guys on for the trip. Yeah. And we're going to get into the episode for today, which is my favorite lenses. I... So someone, I think it was like a week ago or something, someone DM'd me and was like, hey, I love your podcast, but I would love to hear a little bit more on photography specific things and not focus so much on the photography business side of things. And I guess I didn't even realize that I focus a lot on the business side of photography. And I think that's just because I like running a business. Like I, I just like the, all of the stuff that business brings. I just think marketing is so fascinating and advertising and websites. And I think all of that is just so interesting. So that's why I like to talk about it, but I think it's a good point. Like let's talk about some photography specific things to help anyone that's listening. That's like, I want to get better at the actual photography, not so much the business side, but like taking the photos. So that's why we're talking about lenses today, because I think you know, no matter what camera brand you use, you're always going to use a lens. And the lenses that we're going to talk about are pretty, they're like, they're pretty well-versed. Like you can find them in almost any camera brand. So that's why we're talking about lenses today. Lenses make (laughs) such a huge difference in your photos, guys. Like lenses are, it's, that's where it's at. I saw the biggest leap in my photography when I was switching lenses. And like when I went from, I think it was like a, oh gosh, like an 18 to 55 to like a 50 millimeter. That's when I saw like such a huge leap in my work. So lenses are like make or break for the style of your photography. So, um, while you don't need crazy expensive lenses to create amazing photos, like you can get by with using a a $200, 50 millimeter for multiple years, But at the same time, there are some lenses that don't allow you to get certain looks. So a lens that that doesn't have like a low aperture capability. So if your lens only goes down to like F4, that's going to be something that's going to influence whether or not you can achieve the look that you're going for in your photos. So we're going to talk about all of that, but I just wanted to start this episode by saying that and just letting you guys know that lenses are important. So make sure you treat them that way. Okay. So let's get into it. These lenses are my favorite lenses for each type of photography. So I tried to dive in and get some like 
specific different niches. So this isn't just like couple specific or whatever. Like I, I wanted to cover basically all of the bases with these lenses. Cause I know there are multiple people that listen to this podcast that aren't couples focused and don't want to be. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to reach out to all of you. I'm just trying to hit, hit it home to each and every one of you. So we're going to cover a few different types of photography. I do want to start by just saying that it's no secret. My favorite lens of all time forever and ever and ever is my 35 millimeter F 1.4. Um, I will give you guys reasons later on as to why that's my favorite lens, but it's no secret. Like it's my favorite lens. It's a lot of photographers favorite lens and there's a very good reason for that. So yeah, I just want to start it off by saying like every single one of these categories, I would recommend a 35 for every single category. So if I don't say a 35, like just know it is implied that a 35 will apply. So obviously I think a 35 is very versatile. So let's get into the first category, which is portraits. So I'm thinking like senior portraits, maybe like, I don't know, like fashion stuff, or I honestly, it could even be like couples or families, like family portraits. I do have a section that is going to be just for families, but um, yeah, so this is just kind of generic, like portraits, headshots, branding, stuff like that. So obviously, like I just said, I think the 35 millimeter is a really great lens for this category. Um, I also think that having like an 85 millimeter that can give you a really nice blurry background. So if you are listening to this and you don't know like what the difference is in these numbers that I'm saying, basically the smaller the number, the wider the lens is going to be, the longer the lens, the higher the number. So if the number is 85, that's going to be like, a, you have to like stand really far away to get your subject in the frame versus like a lower number. So like a 35, you could stand almost right next to your subject and you would get them in frame. So that's just like a little side note. So the 85 millimeter, it gives you a really nice blurry background and it gives you really nice separation between your subject and the background. So when people use an 85 millimeter, I always describe it as like those classic like senior photos where you know, the background's really, really blurry and creamy. And then you can see your subject very clearly. That's, that's what an 85 millimeter can get you. So I think an 85 is just killer. It's a bomb for portraits. Personally, if you're using an 85, I would recommend having an 85 that at least lets you go decently low with your aperture. So even like F 1.8, that's, that's low enough to where you would get like a nice background, like a nice blur in your background. So, um, obviously like an 85 F 1.4 is going to be pretty pricey. So when I was first starting out, we had an 85 millimeter F 1.8. So that's something that Sony offers and it was relatively cheaper. It wasn't like, you know, mad expensive or anything like that. Another recommendation for portraits is obviously a 50 millimeter, 
The 50 millimeter is so nice because of the price point. I could almost recommend this lens for any category as well, but it's a very versatile. Um, the problem with the 50 millimeter, especially if you're shooting on a cropped sensor camera body, is that you do have to stand pretty far away from your subject. And that, that's the same thing with the 85 millimeter. So you have to plan out your shots ahead of time and you kind of have to like, you know, be okay with the fact that you have to stand a little bit further away from your subject. Another recommendation for portraits would be a 70 to 200. This lens specifically is going to give you that blurry background. Like it's going to give you that blur blur. <laughs> like, does that even make sense? Like, because the 70 to 200 can go all the way to 200, you're going to see like really good blur in that background. So if that's the look that you're going for, this lens is going to be so great for you. This lens is also nice because it's a zoom lens. It's versatile. If you do get a 70 to 200, I would recommend getting the F 2.8, which that's when you're going to start to get into a little bit of a pricier range because like <laughs> it is expensive to make a lens like that. So, um, yeah, if you're going to get a 70 to 200 make sure it's in the F 2.8 range, especially for portraits, you want to make sure you're able to get that low aperture and get that nice blurry background with your subjects. Um, for this whole category, for all of portraits, the key is having the capability of getting a low aperture while also creating separation between the background and your subject. That's why my top recommendation for this category is the 85 millimeter because it's, it's a longer lens. So the 85 millimeter is going to, you know, still blur that background more than a 35 would, but it also has that low aperture capability. So I think it's a nice in between point. Sometimes I think with the 70 to 200, the 200 is like a lot, like, the 200 is, that's intense. So I think the 85 for me is like that nice sweet spot for portraits and I really like it. Um, and you, you start to see less distortion too when it comes to having a longer lens. So let's get into weddings now. So obviously I'm a wedding photographer and I have a lot to say about what lenses you should use to shoot weddings. So Obviously, the 35 millimeter is highly recommended by myself. Um, I use a 35 millimeter literally all day at a wedding. Like, uh, okay, I take that back. Maybe not all day, but like 90% of the day. And my 35 millimeter has a really good f-stop capability. So it can go all the way down to f1.4. And that is going to be a very key element for low light and dancing, especially like as it starts to get darker on a wedding day, you want to make sure that you're able to still capture things and you want to make sure you have low light capabilities. So having a lens that lets you open up that aperture is going to be key. My next lens recommendation is the 85 millimeter. I am the type of person that likes to have fixed lenses rather than zoom lenses. And the the only reason that I prefer fixed, fixed focal lengths is because my fixed focal lengths let me go down to f1.4. And a lot of zoom lenses only let you go down to f2.8 for aperture. And for me, that difference in aperture 
means the world. And I would rather have to move to my subjects and move around with fixed lenses rather than, you know, have, I have the convenience of having a zoom lens, but I, I don't have as good low light capability and my aperture can't go as low as I would prefer it. So that's why I prefer the 35 millimeter and 85 millimeter combo. The 85 I'm using all the time for the ceremony. I'm using it for speeches. Like the 85 is really good for these two times. If you need a longer lens, something that like is less intrusive, especially during the ceremony, like you want to be able to get the shots that you need, but you also don't want to like, I don't know, get in the way and be like standing right smack dab in the middle of the aisle. Um, especially if you have like a 35 millimeter, it's so pretty to shoot like the entrance of a ceremony with 35 millimeter. But then when you're trying to get like vows and stuff, you really don't want to be standing directly in the middle of the aisle. Like I think it's important to try your best not to block the views of like important family members. So that's why I like the 85 because it lets you get your shot, but you don't have to intrude as much as a 35 millimeter would make you intrude. And same for speeches too. Sometimes you can get away with using a 35 millimeter during speeches, but a lot of the times during a speech, like people act different when a camera is like right in front of them. And if you're shooting on a 35 during speeches, like the person that's speaking is going to see the camera because you, you kind of have to be like right in front of their face. So that might be a little bit distracting for them. So I feel like it's more low key to try to use an 85 or a longer lens during that time on a wedding day. So then if we're going to talk about zoom lenses. So I do really think that a 70 to 200 is a great lens for shooting weddings. The the key to this is the fact that it is so versatile, especially when you're shooting a ceremony, you really like don't even have to move from the back row if you're shooting on a 70 to 200. You can get like close-ups, you can get some like you know mid photos you can get like so much with the 70 to 200 now with that being said I think that a 70 to 200 is dangerous for like the exit of a ceremony because you have to be standing super far back to be able to get that as people like walk towards you so I do think a 70 to 200 is helpful but like I was saying with the f-stop capability sometimes it's hard to use that lens inside because you're not able to lower your aperture to what you would want it to be. So my next lens recommendation is the 24 to 70. I think that this lens is so nice for weddings. The only catch to this lens, like the 70 to 200, is the f-stop can only go down to 2.8. So I find myself using an f-stop higher than 2.8 for two times during a wedding day one during family photos and then two during dancing because a lot of the times I'll do shutter drag or I'll do just different types of flash photography during dancing and during those times you don't need your aperture to be as a low so those are the two times that I think it would be fun to have a 70 not a 70 a 24 to 70 but I think for portraits and stuff, I probably would not use this lens only because like I've been saying, the f-stop capability. So the next lens I recommend for weddings is just a 50 millimeter. Um, I have a 50 millimeter. It sits in my bag a lot more than I use it, but it's nice just to have like just to get some variety 
So yeah, if you feel like having a 50 millimeter just to have it sit around um, and, you know, kind of use it as a backup or if you want to kind of get creative with it, I think the 50 millimeter is a great lens. I keep the 50 millimeter kind of as backup. Like I just said, like the 50 millimeter is that good focal length to where if something happened to my 35, I could probably get away with shooting the rest of the day on a 50 and it wouldn't look honestly like much different than how the rest of my photos look. So that's why I like to keep a 50 millimeter around just to kind of change things up a little bit. The key to lenses for weddings seriously is just having something that's versatile and having versatility just having things that are or I guess not things having the lenses that are gonna allow you to capture each moment well weddings are very hard to predict the events that happen during a wedding and you know all of those random things that happen during a wedding you never know when things are gonna happen like I've had weddings where you know, all of a sudden the dad walks in and it turns into kind of like the dad's first look with the bride. And I had, you know, I had no idea that this was happening because, you know, it just kind of happened on the fly and you have to be ready for that. So the key is seriously having things that are versatile, having lenses that can allow you to be ready at the drop of a hat to capture moments that are happening. That's why I love my 35 to 85 combo because a 35, I can pick it up and shoot something directly next to me and it looks great. And then with the 85, if there's something happening in the distance, I can pick it up and shoot that thing that's happening in the distance. So the key to wedding lenses is versatility. Next up, we have travel photography. So I have three lenses to recommend for this category. The 24 to 70 is definitely my top recommendation for this type of photography. My reason being is I feel like when you travel and, you know, you want to take pictures of things, half of it's going to be pictures of people, but the other half is just going to be landscapes and pictures of what you're seeing. So that's why I really like the 24 to 70 because you're able to get the range of all the way, you can get as wide as the 24, you can get as close as the 70. And then your f-stop is at 2.8 at the lowest. And honestly, I think that's a pretty good f-stop for landscapes. And if you're traveling, like f2.8 is a great aperture for, you know, just getting a shot of you at the top of a hike or whatever it is, or a picture of someone at the top of a mountain. If you're wanting to do serious portrait work while you're traveling, obviously having that lower aperture is going to help you stylistically. The other um, lens I would recommend for travel is a 70 to 200. Again, versatility wise, I think it's great. One con to this lens for travel is the fact that it's so freaking big and so heavy. So that might be something to consider. Um, it is nice for landscapes. I know longer lenses are just really, really pretty for landscapes. Also for portraits too. But if you if you want to do landscapes and portraits and kind of get like a landscape within your portrait, that could be a little hard with the 70 to 200. So that's just something to think about with that lens. And then a random lens that I think might be fun for travel is actually like a 16 millimeter. And that would be for like really wide, like urban shots, or I don't know, just that lens is so incredibly wide, but it could be really, really cool for, I don't know, landscapes and just like some abstract things. So that is the travel category. 
now we're going to jump into family photography very briefly. My recommendation, my best recommendation for family photography is either a 24 to 70 or a 35 millimeter. And those two lenses I think are best for families because if the family is bigger than three people, you're probably going to want something a little bit wider unless you want to stand like super far back. Also having a 24 to 70 kind of allows you to get like, you know, those close-ups and maybe some few wider shots, but it's like, especially with family photos that like things happen fast within family photos, especially if you're doing like babies or like toddlers, sometimes they don't always want to smile. So getting that smile, like right as it happens and being ready with a zoom, I think that would be really helpful for families. So those are my two recommendations for family photographers. If you're a product photographer or if you're doing detail shots, there is a really awesome lens. It's a hundred millimeter and it's a macro lens. So if you don't know what a macro lens means, it basically is a lens that lets you shoot and focus on things closer than what like your normal lens would. So I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes when you shoot on your camera and like maybe you're shooting on, on a 35 or whatever, you can only get something so close to you. Otherwise, like it literally won't focus on it. A macro lens lets you focus like to the detail on things that are close to you. So that's why a macro lens is really good for products, especially if you have like small products you're taking photos of or details at a wedding, getting those shots of the rings. That's This is a great lens for that. I personally haven't made an investment into a macro lens only because I find that I can get most of my shots with my 35 or my 50 millimeter. But you know, if you're wanting to get into dive into that a little bit more professionally, that could be a lens to consider. When it comes to products or details, the less of a fisheye that you have, the better. You know, people don't really want to see like a photo of a, I don't know, a shampoo bottle taken on a fisheye lens. Like you, you don't want that. You want the background to be like the least distracting that it can be. Um, so the key is going to be getting that macro lens. So the very tail end of this episode, we're going to be talking just briefly about what stage you're at in photography and what lenses I would recommend for the stages that you're in. So if you are just starting photography, let's say you've been doing it for up to a year, I would recommend having a 50 millimeter. Um, There are super cheap 50 millimeter options with F 1.8 capabilities. So that would definitely be the lens that I would recommend, especially if you want to get into portraits, the 50 millimeter is the way to go. I shot on a 50 millimeter for forever and it, it does the job guys. And not only does it does do the job, it exceeds the job. So Then if you're intermediate, so if you're transitioning and maybe it's starting to become more busy for you, you're getting more bookings and you're, you have the money and you're ready to invest it into your gear. I would then recommend getting a 35 because like I've been saying, it is my favorite lens. And I just think it's so versatile for literally any type of photography. So it, it, it's a great investment. And I truly saw such a change in my photos when I got a 35. I felt like I was really taking the photos that I wanted to take. After that, I would recommend an 85. 
So those two are my killer combo, the 35, the 85. We love the dynamic duo, but truly like the 85 is so nice to have. Um, obviously it depends on the type of photography that you're doing, but I'm speaking specifically for like portraits and weddings and couples, families, you know, those types of things. I think that those two lenses would be great, especially if you're an intermediate and you're just, you know, you're just kind of getting into it a little more. Things are getting more serious. If you're at the point where you're like, yeah, I already have all that. And I just want something else. Like I want something that's more versatile. I then would recommend one of two lenses, um, the 70 to 200 or the 24 to 70. So getting at least one zoom lens. Um, I cannot say myself that I have a zoom lens because I don't know. I just, I have not yet found a time where I would truly want to have a zoom lens, but I do think that it's helpful for a lot of people to have a zoom lens. So my top recommendation will probably be a 24 to 70. And then I would recommend a 70 to 200 after that, just for the sake of the 70 to 200 being so heavy. And then the last lens that I would recommend if you're super serious and you're like, I just really, I really want to go above and beyond. Then I would recommend getting like a macro lens. So to get those close-ups of details and products and things like that. So that is it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you liked this bonus episode. I know I did. I really enjoyed coming on here and talking because I really haven't been on the podcast much since I left on our trip because all of it was pre-recorded. So I'm happy to record something a little more current for you guys. And yeah, I just, I really appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for listening and for all of the love and support on this podcast. Literally it's overwhelming and I just, yeah, you guys are just the best. So I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, to keep my sanity The wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Get in a little bit